movie fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Uncharted Media Podcast. This is episode 91 of all things. Wow. Um, this week, in honor of one of the news topics that we'll be talking about this week, we thought we'd look back at the, hmm, how do I put this, troubled, spotty, iffy, yeah. s- something along those lines. History of the DC shows, but not DC animated stuff because that horse has been beaten so much by many others, us included. No, no, we're going to be looking at the troubledness that is DC live action shows, the best and the worst, because there's been some good, there's been a lot of bad, and there's been some stuff kind of in between. So we'll go, we'll be addressing that this week. But uh, first, Josh, how you doing tonight? I'm I'm doing pretty good, man. I mean, work's been trucking. Um, I got to see Luke this past weekend because oh, wow. I realized he how he's doing good, man. The him and the, the wife are back from Paraguay and all that. So it was it was wild. Like it was one of those moments of like I kind of forgot where I was in the country and like how close Kentucky is. So I was like, oh. Oh, yeah. Okay, let's go. So it was nice to see him. And I think we're, we're making a plan to go to get the gang back together before Luke moves to the to like Arizona. So, yeah, man. Paraguay. It's, it's they were allowed to go to Paraguay? Paraguay? What's up? They were allowed to go to Paraguay? Yeah, they well, he um, him and his wife have been there for the past few years. She they've been teaching uh, like teaching English over there. Oh, OK, OK. It's like, welcome back to America. It's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, anything else going on with you right now? Not really. Um, just kind of relaxing. Get, uh, knee is still very iffy, so I've been trying to come up with some backup plans. And uh, so we'll see what happens, man. How about you? How's, how's your week been? Uh, I'm back to work. That makes me happy. Uh, it kind of alternates. One week I'll be in the office, one week I'll be at home, so I'm still at home a lot. Um, but it's just nice to have stuff to do again. Um, yeah. But yeah, same old, same old, getting frustrated at people without masks and seeing no <laughs> end in sight. Um, but <laughs> you watching anything good lately, though? Uh, so I know... It's been a while, a month for exactly, honestly. Um, but my youngest brother and I had been watching uh, Rebels, and then he Ooh. left for a month. He went to tech. He went to Texas for for a bit to hang out with my other brothers, and so he just recently came back. So we've been back on that train recently, and we just finished season two. Uh. So we are in, yeah. We just and we like I think we watched like one or two episodes of season three, so we are like in the muck right now. <laughs> so yeah, I think the season two finale of Rebels still to this day is probably my favorite Rebels episode they ever did. Oh yeah, it's fantastic. I think the the one thing I think that distracted from it was I I realized halfway through the the finale that I had seen that episode before. How does that take away anything? Yeah, that was a fantastic ending. I love it. Um, but then it was also like, okay, so this is the marker now. Now I have absolutely no idea what's about to happen. Mm-hmm. Well, 
you got to have some ideas of what's coming, but. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to avoid what's coming, but yeah. <laughs> Zeb is Supreme Leader Snoke. I knew it. Zeb is Snoke. <laughs> Everyone thought it was Jar Jar, but it's actually Zeb. Oh, man. Could you imagine if they released a Rise of Skywalker uh, like special edition or something? And in that clone scene, as they're they're panning across, you see one tank with Jar Jar in it. <laughs> Actually, uh, I read a report. I don't know if it was legitimate or not, but a while back when JJ was making Force Awakens, he actually wanted to have a skeleton of Jar Jar. That's crazy. I'm like, oh, That's that would have been yeah. that would have been great. Uh, you watching anything else? Not really. I, I haven't had a lot of time re- uh, lately. Just work's been crazy and with traveling a little bit. Um, I've got. I haven't really got anything on the list late. Uh, recently, I'm kind of uh, probably gonna watch something tonight with my dad because it's just him and I tonight. So that usually means we're watching something extremely violent. So let's go. Yeah, buddy. Um, trying to think if there's anything. That I can recommend off the top of my head. Um, I mean, uh, I always go straight to the voodoo and just be like, here, Dad, anything look good? <laughs> yeah, that's the way to go. Um, well, I haven't watched anything new in the voodoo in a while, but I watched something on Amazon Prime. I watched Dave Batista's movie that was supposed to come out in theaters, My Spy. Um, oh, yeah? It's not necessarily a bad movie, but... I've seen that exact movie done so much better many other times by many other movies. So the premise is basically Batista is a government agent that his plans get discovered by a small child. And so he has to work with the child more or less. And they both learn from each other. And I'm just going, so you're the pacifier and the game plan, except not as good don't get me wrong there's a couple really really funny moments but i'm like i would rather be watching the pacifier or the game plan <laughs> and this was just kind of eh um yeah i feel that if it came in it they got lucky that this was on amazon prime instead because if this was in theaters this would have flopped hard and would have been batista's second in a row although i like stuber a lot that did not do very well in the box office either well, in it, like, it didn't have a good marketing campaign. It no. just kind of, like, gave it a, tra- a trailer, and it was like, okay, cool, so it's a buddy cop movie. Yeah. Um, on the flip side, though, I did watch something a lot better than My Spy, um, which I've been meaning to get around to, and I finally got around to it. It's free on the Voodoo for those that want to watch it, a documentary produced by Keanu Reeves called Side by Side in which case he interviews a whole bunch of people in the film world, like Christopher Nolan, James Cameron, uh, about the rise of digital cameras and comparing digital to shooting on film. And like, will we ever see film die in our lifetime? Why do you shoot on film as opposed to digital? What's the big difference? Um, and how quickly digital's caught up to film and whatnot. Um, it was fascinating. The only problem I have with it is that was made in 2012 and I would very much like a follow-up because technology's changed a lot in the past eight years because at one point they're like there's a new revolution in film that's just around the corner called 4k and then soon 5k and I'm going oh lord we've we've breezed right past that 
Yeah, just breeze right past it. I mean, but, but that's super cool. Uh, uh, and you talking about documentaries made me re- reminded me I did watch a documentary this week um, about Chris Farley. Because really? I'm, I'm a big fan. Of, yeah, I finally it's on Hulu. Um, and it's like by episode or something like that. And is it it's, called Farley and I, Me? Um, I hate you. No, <laughs> I. It's a missed opportunity right there. It it really is. Um, but it was it was really interesting. I mean, I learned I, a lot of stuff I already kind of knew. Um, but like that he was supposed I to be did. Shrek. Yeah, I I didn't know that he was supposed to be Shrek. That that kind of blew me away. Which and part that of me explains Shrek a lot more though. Yeah. Um, I didn't, I was not aware of how big of a fan of Belushi he was and like how he like legitimately like modeled his life after Belushi to the point where like they when ended. things were starting to come off. The, yeah. When, when the things were st- starting to come off the rails, he, he would often be heard saying, well, Belushi party this hard. Well, Belu-, you know, like it was like, oh, dude, that's tough. That's the, really tough to correlate. Actually, uh, did you ever hear that? Uh, yes, Chris Farley was supposed to be Shrek, and he's Shrek's kind of modeled after Chris Farley. Slimer from Ghostbusters is more or less modeled after Belushi. No way, really? Mm-hmm. That was the big inspiration for that character. That's crazy. Two, yeah. Two, two comedians that were taken well before their time, but mm-hmm. of their own doing. Yes, they lived to the fullest, and that ultimately ended up being their detriment. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, I absolutely. saw you put something in the notes, but you didn't want to put it as a full-on <laughs> news topic. And that's totally fine with me. So we'll make this kind of like an off-the-top top type topic. So yes. just something to briefly go over. Because I've seen it, too, because there's some I'm, idiots out there thinking that this is the next Ninja Turtles movie or the series. And I'm like, yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is a comic. So, uh, Josh, take the lead on this one. What is The Last Ronin? So, okay, um, yeah, and I think part of me is way more excited this is a, a graphic novel than, a, uh, than, say, a TV show or a movie or something like that. Yeah, let, um, the less ra- limitations. Last Ronin is, yeah, I, I, of course, and I, I think what's getting me excited is the, the, the Last Ronin is going to be drawn in, as far as I'm aware at least, in black and white, much like the original Ninja Turtles um, comics were. Uh, Last Ronin is about that three of the brothers have been killed, and there's only one left, and he's wielding all all of the weapons of of his brothers. It has not been been revealed at all yet that of who is the remaining one. I'm going Wrath, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. But but that's because I love Wrath. But I I could easily see Leo or. I don't know, maybe Mikey. Let's give Mikey some emotional depth now, I guess. I don't know. Um, it really could be any of them, honestly. Um, but it's not been released on who it is, who's the last Ronin, um, just some art and just kind of what the basic story concept is. I, I saw it, and obviously as fans, both of us, of uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja, Ninja Turtles, I thought it was at least something that I we could like throw in and at least like – Discuss because it is a comics, and we don't necessarily talk a lot, a lot about com- comics here. 
But hey, we're Uncharted Media, so we cover stuff besides movies. So we're totally within our right to be able to talk about this. Um, Did they also specify whether or not Splinter was still alive? Because I felt like he might have been dead, too. I am not 100% on that. Um, I'd imagine if the brothers are dead, he's dead, too. I I would assume so as well. Um, because really none of the brothers are quote unquote good enough to face Shredder on their own. Um, but I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, this kind of thing makes me really, really excited for, you know, for the story potential, you know, cause really any of the four could be the last Roman, the last guy to survive. There's easy, very logical ways to, to kind of play that. Um, but yeah, I, it's, it's exciting to me. And, uh, to me, I think, um, and this is always a hopeful for, for Josh that they bring, um, Oh geez. The name just came, popped out of my head. The samurai rabbit. Um, oh, I'm going to live Google him. Okay. So while but you're looking that up, if you had to pick one yeah. of the four is the Ronin, who do you think it is? I mean, I would say Raph, but that's because I'm a, of how much I love Raph. And I think, I think emotionally he would carry the weight best. I can see Leo in the sense that he's the leader. He tries to take the fall force for something and it backfires. Um, but I can all, I, I can also see uh, Mikey cause he's, he, he was like the youngest, the little brother of all of them. And so I can see them being like, no, Mikey, get out of here, blah, blah, blah. The only one I think I struggle seeing is Donnie. And that's why it's either Donatello or Michelangelo for me. As soon as I saw the story announced, I was like, it has to be Donatello or Michelangelo. I mean, you're not wrong. I mean, because if it wasn't, they would have. (sighs) Leo and Raph are the obvious last man standing type thing. And that's kind of why I want it to be Michelangelo or Donatello, because Donatello is my least favorite turtle of all of them. Not because he's bad or anything. He's just not that interesting to me. He's the brain, though. Yeah. Um, and so yeah. I don't I feel like a lot of the stories revolve around Leo and Raph, like their thing. Like everyone has a clear identity. Donatello says he's smart. I think if it's either him or Michelangelo, it's a completely different side to their characters. If it's Raph being a loner fighting in a wasteland, we've seen this before. Raph is always the loner. So I'm not interested if it's True. Raph. If this is Michelangelo... This is like Dark Knight Returns type Michelangelo of, I used to be something. I can't be that anymore. I am sad now. I think it's either Michelangelo or Donatello just for the interesting, fresh story possibilities that they can put with this. I, I, and I can totally see that. Uh, I don't I don't think you're familiar with the rabbit that I'm talking I kinda about. kind of uh, vaguely. You, I, yeah, I've mentioned him before, but Yusaji Yojimbo, he's like, uh, the turtles actually make it. An appearance is the first issue of his of his comic um but yeah the, it, it would be cool for him to come up uh he's like he's a, sam, a samurai so it'd be a little clash of styles but it could be a lot of fun but yeah regardless of the story details i saw the art first and immediately got super excited so i mean like like and I, i'm with you i think it needs to be donnie or mikey 
Um, I think it will be because if you're going to go out of your way to make something like the la- the, la- the last Ronin with this like such heavy story details, I I I can see them having a specific turtle in mind that's not Leo or Raph because those guys are always at the forefront. And not to say they don't deserve to be there, but we've seen that it's time for something new. A couple issues in, the character rips off the face to reveal it's a mask and it's April O'Neil. No, stop. Okay, stop. <laughs> no, no. No. <laughs> or it's like Although, yeah, it ends up being uh, it's not the last Ronin is not the last turtle. It ends up being Casey Jones. It's Venus DeMilo. <laughs> the Stephen Amell Casey Jones. Although. I don't even trust this. Although. All the turtles, all but one of the turtles are dead. We don't know anything about April or Casey Jones. Imagine stuff has happened to them, and April is more or less like an oracle now. I like it. See, there's all kinds of really fun and fresh ideas we, that they can do with this. It's why I wanted to at least if anything, mention it on the pod because it is something that's potentially really, really cool. I mean, Dude. the last the last comic um, TMNT-wise that came out was the Batman crossover, Which and that thing amazing. was awesome. That one's so good. Dude, I just had a really scary thought. Oh, yeah? How have we never gotten a Casey Jones and Punisher crossover um, that's a good question. Um, speaking of which, have you heard there's like a bunch of rumors this past week that um, John's coming back? Yeah, don't buy those at all. Everyone's just I, I think that's one of those we want the rumor to be true. Therefore, it is true type yeah. of thing. Yeah, yeah. Jo- I don't I, think I mean, John Barenthal's coming back. I don't think Charlie Cox is coming back as Daredevil. You watch Iron Fist will come back. See, though. Th- no. I do think John is, in my opinion, potentially one the best Frank Castle we've ever gotten. Oh, I agree. But do you see him being in the MCU? Um, here's the thing. I see if you bring in the Punisher, you gotta go full fledged. Yeah, that's why I don't characters. see it happening. I could see there being a dark MCU where Punisher, um, Deadpool. Some yeah, like a, maybe a side universe that exists oh. in the universe, a pocket dimension, maybe. Oh, oh, oh! De- De- Deadpool three, start, uh, where he, him and Punisher takes on takes on a gang or something. That dynamic is a no- would be hilarious. Punisher's just completely serious the whole time. <laughs> uh, I'd be down for that. You ready to get in some legitimate news? Not to say oh, yeah, Last yeah, Ronin legit, wasn't dude. legitimate, yeah, but... Oh, man, we got a podcast to do. Oh, yeah, we just stop hanging out. <laughs> Let's do this, because, not gonna lie, this is probably one of the biggest... I feel like we've had, like, three weeks in a row of nothing but big, huge stores keep going. This is the biggest news of the year. This is the biggest news of the year, movie-wise. Obviously, there's some other news that's the biggest of the year. Um, But we are getting a new series on HBO Max... Production ever resumes on anything ever again. Although maybe something already has, but we'll talk about that. Um, we're getting a series on HBO Max about the cops of Gotham, which everyone's just going, "Haven't we seen that before?" No, we haven't, because this will be executive produced by Matt Reeves, set in his upcoming Robert Pattinson Batman universe, the HBO Max universe. 
is seemingly crossing over with the DCEU. Mind blown Wait. right now. Like, this is this is a really big deal, guys. It is. I mean, to be fair, yes, Gotham does has focus a little bit more on the on the cops, but not to it was never going to be connected to the to the films and i think that's a big distinction there because while marvel can sit there and be like yeah they're in the same universe it has become a, bear, a just super clear that it is not in the same universe and so having being able to tell, to tell cross stories like this is uh, especially in gotham is going to be it's going to be paramount there's nothing that's really been done to this level before um i know that we kind of talked about this a little off mic but does this worry you at all about maybe we're getting into some territory of batman fatigue I am not particularly worried about this being Batman fatigue because I actually, unlike Gotham, which I'll dip into this in a second, um, unlike Gotham, I don't think that this is going to be Batman heavy. They've said that this is a prequel to the Matt Reeves Batman movie. So technically, Jeffrey Wright might not even show up as Gordon. I, he's got to be in the show, though. Uh, the show is more or less supposed to show the, the crime side and what makes the corruption in Gotham the way that it is. So what Gotham was supposed to be. Uh, so here's my Gotham diatribe on this whole situation. People are whining and complaining. They're like, we just had this with Gotham. Yes and no. Gotham tried to be what this show is for the first season of a police procedural show set in the world of Gotham before Bruce Wayne is even Batman. But the season one ratings were not very good. So they quickly... And I mean, quickly did you turn to, this is a Batman prequel show. This is a Batman prequel show, which was always part of the plan, but it was supposed to be a subplot, not a major factor of the show. So I don't, yeah. I think Batman will be referenced maybe in later seasons. Cause right now this is just a prequel leading up to the Batman. Um, but to me, the number one factor that I have not seen anybody talk about of why this is different than Gotham. Gotham was a Fox show fox owns zero and i mean zero percent of batman or any of its licensing material who owns mm -hmm. hbo and hbo max warner brothers and at&t who owns the dceu warner brothers and at&t at&t it's not one of the situations like so i used to work at universal in the wizarding world and there's a whole lot of if they want to make any small change whatsoever to that area, they would have to consult uh, J.K. Rowling and she'd more or less have to put her approval on it. That's exactly how Gotham was. Of uh, They would have to go to Warner Bros. and say, are we allowed to do this? Are we allowed to put Joker in? No, but you are allowed to kind of have some Joker references. You just can never call him Joker. You can do this, this and this. But here's your big old long checklist of you cannot. Those restrictions are not there at all for this new show because it's all uh, – it's like Disney doing a Star Wars show. They're fully allowed to do that because they own it, except it's not quite the same because they have still some distribution yeah. issues for the older ones. Yeah. But this is all in-house stuff. There are zero limitations on this. And also, Fox is a cable show. I liked some of the early seasons of Gotham because it got pretty dark. Um, 
but there's a level of darkness that you can take a Fox show, and then there's a level of darkness you can take an HBO show. There's a big mm-hmm. difference there. You can there's less limitations to the storytelling in HBO as there is for cable. So I have a lot more faith in this project than I did in Gotham. And I didn't mind Gotham. We'll talk about it later for our main discussion. It's just that it saw that its ratings weren't doing well and quickly shifted to become a Batman prequel, which is never what the show is supposed to be about. It's hard also to do a Batman prequel show when you aren't legally allowed to do like half the stuff that you want to do. And I don't think that'll be a problem for this show going forward. Yeah, I, I would agree. It's they've got a big, big shoes to fill, but I think they have all of the backing and all of the capability to do so, especially being on HBO Max. Could you um, I don't know if it would be a finale or what, but could you imagine late, late, like late series, potentially last season um, of this of this GCPD show? of them alluding to the killing joke, but being like from the cops and from like friends of Gordon's perspective. Mm, I don't see it happen just because in Batman lore, the killing joke is such not to the level of Endgame, but like as well known as an Endgame type event of like, after that, where do you go with the Joker? It's hard to go back. Like Gordon has had his life pushed to the very brink. Well, now Mad Hatter's in town and he's robbing haberdasheries. It's not as interesting. Like, that's the, like, the end of it. Um, the first half of your question, I thought it was going to be, could you ever see Robert Pattinson on the show? To that, I say, there's a lot better chance of we getting a Batman show on Batman on that than we got for Gotham because I think they're going to be more connected. I think this also proves that they have a lot of faith in Matt Reeves' upcoming movie, which makes me really excited because it seems to me that they are having a lot of faith in him, although it makes me nervous of if this does not pan out, are we going to have a Zack Snyder situation of you have control of everything before your first movie even comes out and we're not going to backtrack on this at all. Um, and maybe it's just because it's me. I always have to put that caveat on there, but my number one thing that I think I would lose my mind on is if this show starts as a prequel, because it's going to come out after Matt Reeves' Batman. I highly doubt they're going to have this thing in production and started and finished by the time that one comes out. So maybe, just maybe, we can have the first Matt Reeves' Batman movie come out. And the show kind of takes place in real time and fills in the gaps between this first Batman and the next one. And could serve as setup for the next Batman movie. And maybe there's a line just casually thrown in there of... Why does the city go to hell when the circus comes to town or something like that? Yeah. Just I think this yeah, show could be the 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 bridge to the chorus that is the Batman movies. Yeah. And, and it, it'll be something that's not really been done before of stuff you see on a show can hint at what the po- possibilities of the movies like with the circus coming to town like you could that could be Joker. That can be Grayson's. That can there's so dead much man. you can do. Dead man. I know which one you're leaning towards. <laughs> dead man. But which also that could be a tie-in for Justice League Dark. Yeah, absolutely. Because I'm, I, they, I can totally see the the 
them the, like at the base cop, the beat cop level dealing with with more just as a dark kind of but i mean you know who knows man i would I mean, love the, the possibilities are endless here and if if you know anything ever gets back to normal which yeah. is what our next story is about yeah i'm i'm heartbroken right now yeah if if you ever wanted to take out a huge boot, rip my heart out, and just step on my heart with that gigantic boot. This is how you do it. I I wasn't 100% surprised when I saw this news, but it still just ruined the rest of my day when I saw it. That my number one, by far, my most anticipated movie of this year, Halloween Kills, the sequel to 2018's Halloween has been delayed due to COVID-19. But not just been delayed by a little bit. It has been delayed by a whole year. Being delayed from October 16th of this year to October 15th, 2021. COVID, now you've taken it a step too far. I I had hoped by October that we could be back to spooky time and it would be okay at least to have 50% capacity in theaters. Now, that doesn't seem likely, so Universal took the steps to go, we got to push this thing. We believe in it enough to not put it on streaming because there's a bunch of idiots out there going, just put it on streaming because I want it now and I can't wait. Not thinking the studio makes more money in theaters than they do on streaming. Um, but also good on the studio. As much as this year-long wait is to absolutely, it's going to suck for sure for a diehard Halloween fan like me. Thank God you're waiting till October of next year, not just going, we're going to move it to May or July of next year and make it a summer blockbuster because Halloween deserves to be in October, not like H2O when that came out in August. (laughs) So H2O is a special treat. So that's true. That feels more summer blockbustery than Halloween. (laughs) But I mean, they've they've got to stick to the October thing. It's just Halloween's shtick. Um, it's unfortunate, but I mean, at least they're like, no, we believe in this. We want this to come out in theaters. Um, let's give it a year. And I mean, you know, maybe by 2021, the world will be completely back to some semblance of normal. <laughs> yeah at least they believe they they believe in it like you said they believe in it enough to not put it straight to streaming yeah unlike trolls world tour um so the other so i am 95 percent disappointed in this just like the nightwing Zack snyder story that we had not too long ago i am 95 percent disappointed in this and it just crushes my heart however there's a five percent and like Captain America says, maybe it's that optimist in me. But there's some good that came out of this. We've been asking for a trailer forever, and they kind of gave us a slight teaser trailer. Um, Josh, did you see the official message that John Carpenter put out along with the little, like, 30-second teaser? I did not. I did. So I think this was supposed to be the first 30 seconds of the trailer when it actually came out. So... Some of it's new footage, some of it's not. So basically all that happens is we see Lori's house burning down like it was at the end of the last movie with her, her daughter, and her granddaughter being carried away in the back of the truck right where the last one ended. But as they're driving away, a fire truck passes them to head to Lori's house. And so Lori and everyone else see it, and she screams at the top of her lungs, no, 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 let it burn, let it burn, let him burn. 
and you're just like, oh, crap. You put in all this work and effort, and someone unwittingly is going to bring hell back to Haddonfield, for lack of a better term. So I was like... Which is... That's <sighs> super smart. Oh, my goodness. Way to not... Like, I mean, uh, granted, it is only like a 30-second little teaser, but like just from you describing that, I love that so much because... Yeah, look it up. So, much, so many times in the past, they've been like, oh, maybe he's human. Maybe he's superhuman. But like this literally just goes... Okay. The yeah. fire department came and bailed so, him out, basically. Yeah, it's 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 one of those. Okay, yeah, there's a fire. Of course, the fire truck, fire department would be on it. Because it's a huge blaze. But also, I'd say after this, find it and watch it. Because the pained expression and the sound that Jamie Lee Curtis makes of just the visceral, no, please, 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 let him burn. He needs to die. Um, is just. Oh, it hit you, and you're like, no, we were so close to killing once and for all. But I'll tell you why, as much as I would have loved and given anything to see this movie this year, why I'm at least okay with seeing it next year. One, because it theoretically should be safer. I would rather everyone be able to watch it safely than only like 25% of people watch it, and it's a risk to everyone else to see it. But the other reason is October is be October is the month that I'm born. So it's very much seeming like October 2021 is going to become the month of me because October 15th, we get Halloween kills. But Josh, off the mm -hmm. top of your head, do you know what happens to come out the weekend right before Halloween kills? No, I, I don't. The Batman. Wait, that's crazy. Back to back. Oh my goodness, yes. The Batman, followed by Halloween Kills. Also, a movie we're going to talk about later, being in production right now, coming out in July. 2021 is going to be really hard for me to narrow down my list of top five most anticipated because everything from this year is getting pushed to next year and stuff's coming out. But yeah, as much as I would have loved to see Halloween this year, and I, oh, I'm still mad that we're not. I respect the decision. I understand it because at the end of the day, we get Batman one week and then Halloween the next. And I'm OK with that. That's fine. Yeah. Oh, that that's that's like a good month to me. I mean, honestly, if everything gets back to normal by the end of the year, I mean, geez, man, 2021 will be a great year for movies. It'll be the bounce back that the box office so desperately needs right now. I'm also thinking yeah. partially of even if COVID was f like it was safe to go to the theaters by August or September, we don't know that that AMC Universal beef that they still have going on will be resolved by then. So I think that part of probably plays into it as well. Yeah. So for the time being, Candyman has been slotted to Halloween Kills a spot instead. So I'm going, oh, all right, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. You take that. <laughs> I mean, I'll still see Candyman, but whatever. It, it's somebody. It's not gonna be. It's not gonna be Halloween, bro. It's just not. Although somebody said, uh, looking at the schedule for next year for 2021, horror is gonna be great next year. Halloween Kills, Spiral, Conjuring Three, Malignant. Um, we've got a lot of stuff. That's just stuff that's announced. And horror is super easy to just make and 
pump out really quick. So 2021 is shaping up to be a really big year in horror. But weirdly enough, though, one of the big horror projects that's coming, I don't think will be in time for 2021, but is on the horizon nonetheless that I'm very curious about is the Wolfman that we talked about not too long ago with Ryan Gosling attached to it. Um, And now we seemingly have a director with that project in The Invisible Man's Lee Whannell. Now, I have some thoughts about this, uh, but Josh, uh, what are your general thoughts? I know we briefly talked about Ryan Gosling as in the Wolfman movie. What do you you think about this project now, and what do you think about Lee Whannell being attached to it? Um... (laughs) And again, this is just because this is me. Um, you're going to have to remind me who, who Leah is. Lee Winnell is the guy that just did The Invisible Man. He did Ex Machina. Okay. He did Saw with James Wan. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, it's not the worst idea. Uh, I definitely feel that perhaps uh, while Invisible Man was 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 good it was not i guess top tier what it could be i i suppose i don't know i i just feel like the concept that they that they kind of pitched us originally with ryan gosling's wolfman um is something i'm very interested in i'm not sure if Wanella is the guy that i have a lot of faith in right now does that make sense oh no that makes sense to me because don't get me wrong. I really like Lee Winnell. Uh, not Ex Mach. Yeah. I said he did Ex Mach, and that's not right. He did um, Upgrade, which I really like. Upgrade yeah. is like the best Venom movie ever. Um, I like Lee Winnell. I liked Upgrade. I like Saw. And I'll be the I mean, unpopular. The- I'll be the unpopular voice out there. I didn't like Invisible Man, but it has nothing to do with the movie itself. I think as a horror yeah. movie, it is good. It's pretty good. I just don't like it as an Invisible Man movie because I really, really like the classic Universal one, and I was kind of hoping it It didn't have to be a remake of that. It. I just wanted more ties to the original or kind of feel yeah. more like the original, yeah, yeah, and yeah. there was nothing about that. So as a movie, the Invisible Man is fine, and maybe that helps for the Wolfman because I have no connection to Wolfman. I... I like it. It's by no means my favorite. I think it's one of the better Universal monster movies, but it's not like The Invisible Man or The Bride of Frankenstein to me. So maybe that makes it easier for me to watch The Wolfman. Um, but my gut reaction to this is, is Universal trying to have Lee Whannell kind of be the Kevin Feige of this, of these movies and just be like, you did one really well. Please do them all. I'm going... I mean... There- eh. mm. I don't know. See, and if that's the case, I definitely don't feel like Winnell is your guy. I mean, with his in, 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 him is being involved with the the Saw series and just like the Insidious, like it's I don't know if that's your guy for a franchise player. But I will say, like I agree with you. Like I I don't really have that much attachment to Wolfman. So I mean, I have an attachment to Ryan. I mean, I think he's one of the most underrated actors of our generation. Um, but so do I think Ryan's going to do well? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think you, you give him a piece of cardboard and he'll act around it. Um, but I don't know if Winnell's your guy to, to build the, like a franchise. 
And I don't necessarily think we're getting a franchise. Like, we're not going to get a dark universe, mm-hmm. put the cart before the horse, everything's connected. I think Universal learned from their mistakes because it was an embarrassing mistake, to say the least. I think they want to make remake all these classic Universal monsters, but have them in their own pocket universes. So in that respect, I think that'd be fine. Um, like, we're getting that Dracula movie. We're supposedly still getting a Bride of Frankenstein movie. I I doubt that'll happen. Whatever John Krasinski supposedly is working on, maybe James Wan is working on something I think I've heard. Um, so I'm fine if there's separate stories. Like, like I said, I think Wanell is a good horror director. Just Invisible Man just didn't do it for me, but I understand why it didn't do it for me. Um, like, all the pieces were there, I think. It just didn't quite live up to what I was hoping for. But that's to say, I think he could still do wonders with Wolfman. I think a part of the problem for you and I is we were we really were hoping for that Robert Eggers idea that we pitched. Yeah. As, oh, that would have been so good. But... um, Real quick... I uh, I don't know why this just popped in my brain. Is uh, n- the Nosferatu movie still happening with I uh, don't the think guy so. from The Witch? No, I okay. don't think so. Um, I think he... That's, a, that's upsetting. I think oh, he man, either dropped out of it or said he couldn't crack it or something along those lines. Yeah, that's not in production anymore from what I've heard. I think okay. we're getting Nosferatu, just not from him. Hmm. Man... That's unfortunate because uh, of all the people that could really, really get Nosferatu like real good, that he would have been one. But just well, make well, a Dracula well, movie. Yeah, because Nosferatu is just I, Dracula minus the copyright. Yeah, he is basically. But who knows? So speaking of copyright, let's hope we don't get hit with it anytime soon for more or less borrowing somebody else's name. Now that. Uncharted is about to be a much more searched franchise, I think, because Tom Holland is at it again, and he might be tipping his hand. And for that, I say thank you, young man, because you're confirming some things, and he's dropping some clues, but I don't think a lot of news outlets are kind of picking up on the trail of breadcrumbs that he's leaving behind for us. Um, What I mean by that is, right as the pandemic was breaking out, Tom Holland and company, Mark Wahlberg, Antonio Banderas, uh, they were about to start shooting the Uncharted movie, which is like one of the most cursed movie projects of all time. It's been in development hell for like a decade, but they actually were starting to film the movie. Um, and so when he finally shows up on set, everything gets shut down because of course it does. This movie is just cursed. Well, now, thanks to Tom and his ever so active social media, he may have let it slip that Uncharted may have actually started filming already. I know we talked about last week with the Batman and Mission Impossible and Jurassic Park seemingly going to production sometime soon. We didn't know if anything was actively shooting. I'm going to go out on a limb now and say I think Uncharted is currently filming right now, actively. And here's why. Again, I said Tom Holland was tipping his hand. And for about three or four days in a row, he has. So the first day, uh, he shared an Instagram story of him getting his temperature tested uh, and having it like he's doing this for laughs because apparently he's got a terrible gag reflex. And so he's getting his temperature tested. 
by a guy with a notable German accent. Now, why is this suspicious? Because Uncharted, when it had to stop filming, was filming in Germany. So maybe that's a little too, that's a little too tinfoily hat for you. Well, the next day, he shares on his Instagram story him getting a new haircut and a lighter hair color that more closely resembles one Nathan Drake, the main protagonist from the Uncharted games. Hmm. Okay. Warmer, warmer, but not quite there yet. And then yesterday, he shares on Instagram yet again because my boy just can't keep his mouth shut. He's at early in the morning at the gym saying, gotta work out so if I, so I can keep up with Mark Wahlberg. Ding, ding, ding. Mark Wahlberg is also casting a charity movie as Victor Sullivan, a.k.a. Sully. This, to me, three days in a row, seemingly confirms that I think they're already in Germany back filming Uncharted because I think Germany's probably in a much safer situation than America is right now, at least production standpoint. So I'm just sitting back going, thanks, Tom. Thanks for blabbering. I mean, worse things could happen, obviously. But yeah, no, totally. It's it's. Um, what was it? Uh, Zendaya apparently has already filmed a movie as well. So it, there's a lot of, um, okay, so what's going to be allowed? What are the requirements, you know, by the governments? And obviously if they're overseas, from what I understand overseas, they are, um, handling this a lot better than we are. So it would not, I, in my mind, I can see them, it wouldn't as hard to film overseas so i wouldn't be surprised at all if they're already filming again yeah so do you do you think they actually are filming or you think this is just him saying yeah we're getting ready to go back soon um it could be a little bit of bullying obviously if i i wouldn't be like i'll say it again like i i wouldn't be surprised if they already are um, at least in some limited capacity. Um, but it, it's Tom. He's got the worst mouth in the business. And for that, we um, thank him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think this so, confirms. I, mean, I think this confirms that they're already working on this. Because we had heard reports a while back that when things do go back to shooting. Sony wanted to shoot Uncharted before he goes to do Spider-Man 3 because because they see that as a big future and they want to start a second franchise. They already have an established franchise with Spider-Man. They want a second one because Sony wants all the franchises to stay above water. Um, this also, to me, confirms of if they're trying to film right now, I think it's also because they want to get him on his Spider-Man schedule, which last time I heard was scheduled to start filming in September. But then again, nothing is set in stone right now. So maybe Sony's yeah. thinking, OK, get this taken care of and in the can. Then when we can resume wherever, say Atlanta, where Marvel usually films stuff, then you're good to go and you're not going, OK, I still have like three or four weeks left on Uncharted before I can do Spider-Man type of thing. Also, I think yeah. Uncharted will probably require less filming time than Spider-Man, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, this to me is my optimism of, yes, the movie gods give, but they also take away because Halloween gets delayed. 
right as Uncharted goes into production. But uh, 2021 shaping up to be the year of Nathan's wish list movies of a Halloween sequel where everyone from the original movie comes back, except for Ben Tramer, who is still alive somewhere. Mm. He hasn't been hit by the car yet. Uh, a Batman one starring the guy from Twilight. Uh, Uncharted. Who knows? Maybe we'll get that Franklin Little Bear crossover movie I've been begging for for years. <laughs> Maybe we'll actually get a, a trailer for uh, Kenobi. Don't, don't, don't give me hope, man. <laughs> we'll get I Kenobi seen, in 2025. Uh, yeah, I I have seen, though, the, um, did you see the, the announcement of the Bad Batch TV show? Yeah. <laughs> Why so sad? I don't care. I don't care about the Bad Batch. <laughs> also, I love you, Filoni. Oh, I really wow. do. But get out of your Clone Wars bubble. <laughs> it's like it's well, his safe favorite. zone and he's afraid to leave his safe zone bubble because he's like I did I mean, Clone I... Wars and it was awesome I'm going to do Rebels but introduce every character I possibly can from Clone Wars uh, I'm going to do some episodes of Mandalorian but bring in every character I possibly can from Clone Wars I'm going to do the Bad Batch which is a spinoff of Clone Wars I'm like Star Wars is a big universe stop consolidating it expand it do other stuff I still love you Filoni <laughs> also the bad batch is a group of characters i don't care about i really don't yeah no and we only have them for a couple episodes so it's like or if that i think it's only one episode but it, so it's it's hard to get behind them but you know hey maybe that's what this is for maybe this will feel a lot like uh that wars commando game um Ooh. who knows yeah yeah now you're a little interested aren't you now see <laughs> Primarily just because I never had an Xbox 360, but that game made me want an Xbox 360. Um, oh, totally. <laughs> uh, the the only reason I would be slightly interested in the Bad Batch show is because someone suggested, I think it might have been the Campia show, and I was like, okay, that's interesting, of maybe the Bad Batch will explain what happened to the clones between episodes three and four. Yeah. I mean, they... Because they, uh, there's they people still out there that think it, the Stormtroopers are clones. Yeah, true. And, I mean, for the most part, they really haven't ex said anything outright. They kind of... Uh, I mean, because obviously clones are expensive, but they've kind of said some things. There's some throwaway, throwaway lines in the, the, the new Star Wars movies kind of hint at what happened but they don't really they're not really clear yeah so it's a thing if that's happening but again how many lucasfilm <laughs> projects have been announced that haven't happened or have their directors canned or left so <laughs> until it happens i you're, won't believe it you're not wrong well another well, one i so mean speaking of things yeah, development see, I think hell? we're going the same direction with this, with this segue. <laughs> we talked about Uncharted and Lucasfilm, things that just can't get off the ground. Tron 3, again, seemingly is in production or on the slate. Yeah, also, Tron 3? Really? Okay. Tron 3, to me, is red light, green light, the movie of, all right, you got the green light, going to production. Oh, one of our live action films didn't do well. Pump the brakes on Tron. It will, it'll do bad. Um, 
oh, one of our live action movies did well. Put Tron back in production. Uh, oh, there's an online petition for more Tron. That means people like Tron. Uh, Tron 3 in production. Uh, the virus has broken out. We had to we had to reel back our spending. I guess Tron 3 isn't happening. <laughs> this movie is so stop and go. And also, I don't really care. <laughs> See, here's the thing. I don't really care for Tron to begin with, but with all this uh, rigmarole and uh, it's just it's making me not care even more. Like, okay, I'll be honest. The first Tron I thought has one of, if not my favorite trailer of all time. That first Tron Legacy uh, trailer is so dope. Uh, Are you talking about old school Tron, right? No, Tron Legacy. Tron Legacy. Tron Legacy. The one where he's just like, your dad disappeared or whatever, and so he gets like sent into the game. How it looked was gorgeous. I love Daft Punk's soundtrack. I thought, oh, this movie's going to be awesome. It was like one of my most anticipated movies of 2009, besides the Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes, which ended up being like one of my favorite movies for many years. Um, but I remember going to theater full of excitement for Tron Legacy and seeing and going like the penguins of Madagascar at the end. Well, this sucks. Like it's not full on bad, but I was really disappointed. As soon as they left the arena stuff, that's when the movie just nosedives for me. Cause I think the potential for a great Tron movie is there, but legacy wasn't it. Well, it certainly didn't help that Jeff Bridges looked real weird. Yeah, that is... <sighs> don't get me... It's so creepy and off-putting. Like, have you seen... There's that series of, like, visual effects artists react. And so they watch that scene. And there's a shot earlier on when he's, like, tucking his kid into bed. Where it looks fine because half his face is in shadow and looks good. But then when he's in the game, it just... We're not quite there yet. And Rogue One proved that we're still not there yet. Um... It was just weird. Like, I still think visually it's one of the most gorgeous movies of all time. And I'm still pissed that uh, Tron Legacy is only on HD on Disney Plus and they don't have the 4K version. Because that would be beautiful. Um, and Daft Punk soundtrack. Awesome. So I'd be more than willing to give a second chance to the world. Well, third chance at this point for Tron. But the problem is Tron and I'm probably going to piss some people off with this, but I don't care. I never have cared about pissing people off. But Tron is Disney's Blade Runner. Looks gorgeous. Inspired yeah. a lot of movies for future generations. But also, none of their movies have done well. Blade Runner or Blade Runner 2049, Tron and Tron Legacy. All four of those movies have their diehard audiences. But they're a very, very vocal minority. And they don't. It's not as big of a group as people think it is. And you, yes, you say you want them back and it comes back, but then people don't go out to see it because it's not as big of an audience as people think. They're visually gorgeous and they're pretty good, competent movies, but they don't shake the earth and bring in the crowds that people, that the diehard fans think that they do. So I understand Disney's reluctance to not have this movie come out for a while. But at this point, yeah. Not up or shut up. 
Make it or don't. Stop just <laughs> hemming and hawing about it. What? Either make it or don't. Why? I don't want to commit to anything. Well, okay. There's one reason more than any other why this movie hasn't happened. One movie in particular. Any guesses? I'm going to go with the 20 Avatar sequels that James Cameron's trying to make. Wrong! Unfortunately, it comes at the hands of one of my favorite directors, Brad Bird, and his 2015 flop, Tomorrowland. Oh, that's unfortunate. Because there were plans for a Tron 3, but then Tomorrowland was the movie that it was, and it made the box office results that it did, and Disney went, well, maybe we need to pump the brakes on a Tron, because that Tron, Tomorrowland lost them so much money that they had to reconsider a lot of their future projects including Tron 3. That's crazy. Yeah, so this has been a... This movie has been in development for that long. There's been talks of... Um, yeah, we're doing Tron 3 since 2009 when Tron Legacy came out. So forgive me if I'm not leaping out of my seat going, oh yeah, I totally believe him. It's the boy who cried Tron 3. Wait, hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Tron Legacy came out in 2009? Yeah. All right, well, let's continue the the podcast before I feel any more old. Oh, like the fact that X-Men turns 20 today? Stop! <laughs> yeah, today's the 20th anniversary of the first X-Men movie. Oh, dude. Hey, did you happen to see that video that Thomas posted and tagged us in? Uh, no, I don't think so. There's some some video about uh, uh, the possibility of X-Men versus Avengers. Well, I haven't watched all of it yet. But I could yeah. see it happening, but it's not the X-Men that w we know. No, absolutely not. Uh, Josh, you got a sponsor for us this week? Um, today is sponsored by Krispy Kreme. <sighs> Have you been watching snack? Power Rangers? <laughs> uh, when you want a snack and also diabetes yeah ha if you want real donuts go literally anywhere else hey 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 Krispy Kreme Chill. is just sugar and air which is exactly what a donut is <laughs> I don't understand no there's flour <laughs> there's dough there's good icing there's whatever topping you want Duncan devours Krispy Kreme in the tastiness department. <laughs> All right, you know what? We're, we're not doing our regular, our planned discussion today. We're, we're just, just fighting about Krispy Kreme. <laughs> also, Krispy Kreme is responsible for the single worst product placement in a movie ever with Power Rangers. No, I disagree. I think that's the best product it's placement. It's so blatantly bad <laughs> of the whole last third of the movie revolves around protecting and saving the only donut shop in town because it's important <laughs> the honest trailer with the Krispy Kreme drinking game you will die <laughs> no if you want real donuts you go to like King's Donuts or Dunkin Donuts for the win Voodoo Donuts heck even your local grocery store is better than Krispy Kreme I mean, it's okay. I mean, you haven't had Shipley's, so you wouldn't. I have had Shipley's again. Oh, you are you have? Gonna, 
are you gonna tell me that Shipley's isn't is worse than Krispy Kreme? Really? No, you're the way you're phrasing it makes it sound like Shipley's is bad and Krispy Kreme is better than Shipley's. Oh no, 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 no. Yeah, I was about Shipley's to say. is like Oh yeah. Sorry. Okay, no, thank you for that correction. Because Shipley's is definitely top tier. Like it is at least top five best donut I've ever had in my life. Oh no, right now for me, top tier is either, because it's just what I know, uh Boston Cream from Dunkin' Donuts. Or okay. their uh the cookies and cream donut from Voodoo Donuts. Okay. I have I've yet to have Voodoo, unfortunately. Oh, but... Voodoo's so good. If you ever come down and visit, we'll take you to Voodoo. It's so good. Awesome. This is probably right, guys, our longest well, sponsor ever. Thanks for coming to the donut discussion. <laughs> this is the longest sponsor ever. So once again, to rephrase, this episode sponsored by Duncan. <laughs> Who is sponsored by Krispy Kreme? <laughs> All right, so as we said at the beginning of the show, we will be going over the best and the worst of DC live-action shows dating back to the 50s and 60s all the way to now. So I'm a prefacist off the top by saying 9 out of 10 times, this is how the DC formula goes, at least in live-action form. (laughs) Starts great, then becomes trash by the end of it. Yeah, it's the destiny of a DC show. Yeah, the the first season is incredible, and then it kind of just tapers off. So yeah, we'll we'll put that out there before anything else because yeah, it just I'm noticing I'm going through. I'm just like, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. It just almost always starts off so strong, and then at some point, whether it's halfway through the show. Or after the first two seasons, it just goes downhill. But not always. There are times, like our first one that I'll go over, that I will put in the best category. And I would say it never lost its stride, primarily because it never lost sight of what it was. It never jumped the shark. Because it chose to punch (laughs) that shark in the face with shark repellent. And I'm talking about the 1960s Batman. And hot dang, was that transition smooth. (laughs) Here's the thing. It's hard to screw up something that's so campy and so like com- like legitimately comics come to life. It, it It's so entertaining. And it, is it meant to be serious? Oh, absolutely. It, it, I'm sorry. Absolutely not. Because it's like it's so over the top and so 60s. It's just there's no way you can take it seriously. But is it entertaining? Oh, you bet your butt. Oh, absolutely. Like, I'm not going to lie. I grew up on two different Batmans. Batman the Animated Series and Batman 66. Oh, well, the 60s Batman. 66 was the movie that came later. On TV land. All So, two big extremes there. And to this day, I still, whenever I'm at Walmart or Best Buy, I debate. I'm like, ooh, do I want that Batman the 60s series collection on Blu-ray? Do I? Do I not? Um, But the thing that people forget a lot of the time is the 60s Batman worked for its era and I would still argue works today because it was the Batman of that time period if you look at the 60s comics of Batman that's more or less what it looked like at that time people have this idea of (laughs) like the new modern Batman like the black the 
all the time. I, I let my partners die because I'm a bad parent. Um, like the super serious detective, crime fighting, very serious, dark, brooding Batman. That only really came to the forefront in the 70s and 80s. Before that, whether you want to admit it or not, Batman was for children. That was the whole reason of Robin at the beginning was this is designed for kids. So this show was very indicative of the comic. So if you look at it through the lens like that, the show still, in my mind, really holds up and is like the precedent for a lot of not just uh, other comedy shows, but just like superhero shows in general have a lot to learn from that original 60s Batman. Now, is it the best by today's standards maybe not but there's a lot to still be <laughs> learned from that and i think people that hate on it now be like it's so dated that's because that they didn't know a whole lot of other batman at the time that's there's a reason why batman 89 took so long to come out is because no movie studio thought batman was a serious character they just knew what was seen on the page at the time which was kind of more of a comedic batman and there's nothing wrong with that. I've had to come full circle with uh, Batman the Brave and the Bold because I hated that series for a while. And I still won't watch it just because it's not my cup of tea. But at the same time, I understand what they're going for and trying to be more of the throwback style of Batman, not so much animated series. So to me, you'll never convince me that Batman's, the 60s Batman is bad. I just say it's of its time. And that was very indicative. Yeah. And it's... It still works for me. It's still cheesy, but it never tries to not be. It knows exactly what it is. Yeah, and there's and if anything is indicative of DC live action shows, um losing focus of what you are. <laughs> oh yeah. Um yeah. <laughs> also, so <laughs> as we're doing this, I have the Wikipedia page up right now of like all DC live action yeah. shows. Holy crap, I don't think I realized that there was a hundred episodes of a Superboy show. Yeah, I didn't even realize there was a Superboy show. Oh, I knew, because they, like, recasted the main actor after, like, the first season or something, and it did so much better without him. Kind of like an Eric Stoltz slash Marty Mc, uh, Michael J. Fox situation for Marty McFly. But a hundred episodes? Mm. You have 40 more episodes than the Wonder Woman show, which I'll put in the best. It's, I mean, it's good, but I mean, yeah, like I, I just, that's, that's wild to me. The Wonder Woman to me is a lot like the 60s Batman of it reflected what was on the page at the time. And we didn't know any different. We didn't know any other version of that character yet. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So and going you down can the line. Say the same thing. You can say the same thing for the, the Flash show too. Okay. I'm going to catch some heat and I don't care. The Flash deserves to be in the best category. Oh, really? Okay. Yep. Because I actually really, even though it only lasted a season, actually really dig the, um, how was the actor that plays the Flash that later shows up on the Flash TV show? I really liked his Um. Flash. And I, I don't care if I piss off some CW fans. The suit that is in... The 90s Flash TV is better than any that Grant Gustin has ever worn. It's because... Okay, never mind. I'll, I'll, I'll save that hot take for here in a bit. The Flash but, suit yeah. in the TV show? I think it's still to this day one of the best live-action Flash suits we've ever gotten. Justice League included. You could be like, there's too much muscle on it. 
to me, the eye holes are a little too big, but that immediately goes, that's a flash in live action form. That's perfect to me. Also, yeah, I got a soft spot for Mark Hamill as trickster. <laughs> it's because it's Marky Mark, bro. You can't you can't get, go wrong with Hamill. True. I, I think too many people sleep on the Flash show. Is it bad at times? Yeah, it's a little cheesy. I don't think it's that bad. It was it tried to do too much, though, is you can only do so much speed special effects in the 90s. I mean, <clears throat> you can only do so many speed special effects to this day. Anyway, um, yeah, uh, <laughs> my, our first worst, our first worst, though, Lois and Clark, the yeah. new Superman adventures. Oh, OK, 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 OK. <laughs> what were you going to go for next? Not, yeah, I've never seen it, so I can't I can't speak to it. But um, yeah. Go with next. Oh, I was going to go with Smallville. I, I yep, that's the, that's the, that's the, that's what's next on my list. I'm curious. Is it on your best or is it on your worst? It's definitely on my worst list. Here's where I'll 50 percent agree with you. I think seasons I, see, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. It's to through put five it seasons. One through five are on the best by far. And then you got seasons six through ten. Which are absolutely on the worst. Smallville, to me, is the epitome of that thing that we talked about earlier of DC being half good, eventually losing it. Smallville at least made it halfway through before it started to taper off. To me, Smallville it's is at its best. Day, huh? Go for yeah. it. No, so it's, it's still to this day one of the best Lex Luthers we've ever had. Oh, yeah. Uh, the problem is your show is called Smallville. To me, the show its way and began, became overly ambitious once you left Smallville once you've lost why the show is called that then you kind of <laughs> lost its momentum because it came like yes sure the show was always leading up to him being Superman but after a certain point he's basically just Superman just not suit like he even has yeah, his oh, own totally. like Costco version of the Justice League because good god do you want to talk about bad suits like the CW has some bad costumes, for sure, but none will ever touch how bad and how awful some of those Smallville suits, like, they did my boy Cyborg on that show, or The Flash wears a hoodie and sunglasses. What was crazy, though, is I really liked that version of Flash, like, not necessarily the costume itself, but the character. The only suit... And again, I don't care if I get flack. The only suit that I think did better than the CW version was Green Arrow. That suit's amazing. And I don't even care. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about Arrow when we get there. Which, after a certain point, Smallville kind of became the Green Arrow show. Which, I think it was because they tried to spin it off. They tried to spin a Green Arrow show off. Which is where we kind of got Arrow from. Um... But yeah, towards the end of Smallville, it started off so good when I'm a sucker for Clark Kent Smallville stories of like the small town boy type of approach yeah. to Superman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That really, I, that's why Superman 3 is not good, but the stuff in Smallville, I actually really like of that movie. So once we leave that, it doesn't work for me. And also, they became way too yeah. overly ambitious of, hey, 
we're just going to have a whole bunch of stuff from Superman Mythos of we're going to have Doomsday, but he was a human first, played by Small, or the one that still pisses me off and grinds my gears to this day. They have Dark Dark Side in the final season as like a dark fart cloud that possesses people and yeah. it was just bad. They they were reaching, my man. It was a superhero show that didn't want to admit that it was a superhero show. Well, a lot of that comes from um, the guy Tom Tom Welling, right? Yeah. Um, who not not wanting to ever wear the suit and not wanting to fly, which really hurt it. I think a lot because they're like, we want to do a Superman show, but not really acknowledge the. Superman elements of it. Yeah. So, I mean, while Tom is great in it for the, like we said, those first five seasons, it just, you can tell the story itself wants to go farther, but it's almost like it is, it becomes painfully obvious. Tom is holding it back. And I'm wondering if Smallville kind of had the same issues that Gotham did of, since it was, I think it was, I forget who did, but maybe they had to like jump through the legal hoops of are we legally allowed to use some of the Superman stuff? Fair, fair enough. Also, at least Superman, um, at least Smallville um, gave us as Martha Kent. uh, What's her face? Annette Bening from Superman 3. True. Which is always fine with me. So going down the list, we have our first... 100% 100% bona fide. You were absolutely bottom of the barrel. One of the worst live action DC shows of all time. I would rather watch any CW show than this. <laughs> the original Birds of Prey. It's, dude, it's so bad. <laughs> it's like, so, the Birds of Prey movie that came out earlier this year. Oh, God, that was this year still. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, it just feels like forever ago. The Birds of Prey movie that came out this year, it was fine. You will miss that movie when watching this show. Oh my goodness. So the Birds of Prey is essentially like a group of women that kind of alternate for some reason. It's not like a core group each time. Uh, The versions that I know, it's... That's weird. um, Oracle, former Batgirl, Huntress, and Black Canary. Those are the three that I know. They trying to... They kind of changed things yeah. up a little bit for um, the movie. But they also changed things up for this weird show of they have Huntress, but it's not Helena Bertinelli. Uh, it's the daughter of Batman and Catwoman, first of all. And I'm going, um, what? And this weird. Huntress, like... You kind of have to change up the Huntress design from the comic because it's not one that's going to translate from page to screen. The this, the original design in the comics is clearly designed by a 13-year-old boy in the 90s because in the 90s, every character had a costume that had to accentuate your features. 90s was a very dark time for comics. Um, but the way that they take her costume and everybody else's costume in the show is not particularly good. She looks like a Neo, uh, discount Neo from The Matrix because everybody in the early to late 2000s had that slick black trench coat look. The only costume that I think they did right was Batgirls, but you only see that for a little bit because she becomes Oracle. Um, 
And that, that's just bad because they have a flashback scene. They show Joker shooting her and the Joker. And that just looks like a Six Flags Joker commercial. Um, it just looks bad. Birds of Prey is an embarrassment. And it's only like, let's see. Ah, it is one season and 13 episodes. I think Ooh, NBC's The Cape lasted longer. Oh, jeez. Yes, I just and acknowledged I the, cape. the cape. I didn't mind the cape. Oh, thank goodness there's somebody else that watched the cape and didn't mind yeah. it. I didn't mind I've, it. I've, I've seen, I saw like the first like couple episodes of it. It was it's 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 fine. It's fine. Yeah, it tries too hard to be Batman Begins, but it really wasn't that bad. Not going to talk yeah. about it today because it wasn't DC. Too hard to be Batman Begins with Superman. Um, let's see. What else do we got? Going down the line, I, mean, I have if, never once heard of Human Target. Same. <laughs> I have no idea what that is. Let's save the CW stuff for later. Um, let's go with Gotham and the mixed reactions okay. we have for that. Um, yeah. Josh, um, off the bat, would you put it just initial gut reaction? Best or worst? I... Uh, I can't put it in worst, but I can't put it in best either. Honestly. I'm kind of with you on that. I think it's, it makes me think, but not to the extreme of Smallville of, cause Smallville, it, it's like that clear divide, like Dexter of cut it off here. Gotham was never like that because it was spotty as it went on. Like the first season yeah. I think is outstanding. And then it never really got like, awful it just got weird like i had issues with gotham when it first came out just because as a batman fan i was just like that's not how that goes why is everyone older than bruce or why are they already their characters before batman but when i got over that and was just like okay this is in its own pocket universe i enjoyed the show more but it still was very hit or miss like some things they did improve upon other things definitely not so much their version of the Joker, really good. Leaps and bounds better than Jared Leto's. Um, their Riddler and Penguin, pretty good. I'll defend their Mr. Freeze because they changed up some things about it. Of um, As we know now in the comics, it's he has his wife frozen, more or less in carbonite, until he finds a cure that, to save her. In the show, he's already found the cure to bring her back to life. How does he thaw her out? without her dying is the thing. I'm like, that's an interesting spin to take on it. Um, they improved Mad Hatter. That was really good. But then at the same time, you've got... I know you liked him, but David Mazow as Bruce Wayne did nothing for me. I think he's really... And oh well, my god, yeah. he single-handedly has the worst Batman suit of all time. Easily. The man has well, a pizza on too. his chest. Yeah, he, he – the only reason he's not my least favorite part of the show is because of what they do with Gordon. Yeah, which it starts off so good, but then it never feels like Gordon to me. Or also because they spit in the face of the mustache. They do, but also like he just – he like gets involved in corruption and that's so not Gordon. I like Bullock more than I like Gordon. Bullock was perfect. Which is crazy. Bullock is like 
this bright shining light in the show. And it's like, no, like Bullock is, I mean, he's a good guy ish, but not to that extent. Yeah. Yeah. Gotham was hit or miss. I'm, I'm tempted to say best just because while it was spotty, I think there's more positives than negatives for me at least. Okay. I'll take it. Um, looking down the list, Constantine. Never watched it. Matt Ryan is a lot better than Keanu Reeves. Fight me. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. Because, so I'll give that a win, if nothing else. And at least he was able to come back in smaller roles like Legends of Tomorrow and that terrible Crisis on Infinite Earth special. Um, powerless. You are forceless. Wow. You wasted such a good premise. For those that don't know, Powerless starred Vanessa Hutchins and Alan Tudyk as the cousin of Bruce Wayne, and they more or less are the cleanup crew for the superheroes in Gotham. You wasted such a good premise on such a terrible comedy. Because yeah, wasn't it supposed to be... It was supposed to be like an office-type show? Yeah, kind of like that, yeah. That's dumb. I never well, saw it. Never... Never uh, felt the need to give it any attention. Now, I will say one that I, I still think as DC, DC, blah, 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 DC shows. There we go. DC shows. <laughs> I believe has to be has to be one of the more underrated out there. And I feel like no one talks about it. Maybe because I missed the train and I saw it after the show was done. So I didn't catch the initial hype. But Krypton has to be on the best list because I was not expecting it to be nearly as good as it was. And I'm also noticing a trend of some of the best stuff. Unfortunately, it's the stuff that doesn't last as long as the longer running stuff. Because Krypton, unfortunately, only lasted two seasons of 20 episodes. So 20 episodes total. Um, as I don't know, Krypton for a while is just going, it's a sci-fi show. I don't know how good it's going to be. It's supposed to be a Superman prequel. And we know how well that worked out for Smallville. It really worked for me because it's not a story about Jor-El. It's about Jor-El's father, so Superman's grandfather. So there's elements to Kryptonian lore that doesn't try to be a Superman prequel. Like, yes, the premise is um, Adam Strange, who, very underappreciated DC character, uh, goes back in time to more or less make sure that Superman's grandfather makes sure, makes sure that Superman will happen one day, kind of back to the future style. And so there'll be some references to the world of Superman, but it doesn't get bogged down in like Smallville did of, okay, eventually we have to lead into this. No, you kind of have more freedom in this. And so you still have stuff from Superman that you know and love without dipping too much into spoilers. You do get a Brainiac. You do get a Doomsday. You do actually even get General Zod. But they feel natural to the story. There are still some Easter eggs here and there, but it never feels like it's beating you over the head with, you're watching a Superman show, you're watching a Superman show, you're watching a Superman show. It was much better told than I was expecting, especially for a sci-fi show. And it's a disappointment that it only got canceled after two seasons. And I know they've been talking about reviving it, but that ain't never going to happen. Um, so yeah, I was very pleasantly surprised by Krypton. And I would, leaps and bounds put it above a lot of other DC shows from CW. Uh, yep, that doesn't surprise me. 
surprise me. But then again, I don't have the CW shows very high in regard, so. Yeah, we'll talk about them in just a second after we get through two other ones, because I'm just going down the Wikipedia page. Swamp Thing. I heard it was good. Didn't watch it. Yeah, same with Watchmen. I've heard it's weird, oh. but interesting. Oh, I have watched Watchmen. Oh, yeah? Because I have HBO Max, um, which put HBO Max and Roku, dang it. But, dude. Dude. I want more. Is it good? I want more Watchmen, but I don't want more Watchmen. Because, <laughs> like. It's just one of those shows. They, they told the story that they needed to in one season. So, like, I want more, but at the same time. It would only ruin the legacy if you added more to it. By far, by far, it's on the best, if not one of the best ever. Uh, Primarily because it's not like that offshoot DC, but I guess now due to Rebirth, it's still in the same universe. So, yeah, sometime I need to give you my HBO Max information, maybe. Um, And you'll be like, maybe. And watch Watchmen because it's. It's so good. Well, hey, man, if it only has nine nine episodes, I can knock that out in a weekend. I'll tell you what. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it it definitely exists in a Watchmen world, but it doesn't get bogged trying to tie in to the Watchmen mythos without giving too much away. Yeah. Also, that poster that I have as the graphic of... Um, uh, Regina King's character, like behind the classic Watchmen um, clock, and her face is all illuminated and everything else. That means a whole lot more than we thought it would. Uh, the classic picture that we see for the Watchmen series. It's so, so good. Uh, but yeah, so we'll, we, we'll end with the two big chunks. We've got the CW shows, and then we've got the DC Universe shows. So we'll do the CW because I think we have the DC Universe shows in higher regard. And we'll kind of I want to end on more positive yeah, yeah, than well, negative. I, I, I guess technically now we have to call them the HBO Max shows. I'm not ready to go there yet. But yeah, DC, <laughs> DC Universe, you have a stay of execution, but you're you're going to die soon. But before we get yeah, to that, CW. All right. Yeah. The which, Arrowverse. Uh, which one you want to lead with, bud? Let's go with Arrow, because that started everything. Fair, um, fair enough. Arrow, you are by far in the bad. You are in the worst. I dislike this show so much. But you didn't have to be there, Arrow! You didn't have to be there. You started off so, so strong. Like, I watched... It was one of the only shows in college that I actually like made sure to watch every week when it first came out. For those first two seasons were so good, especially season two, when it was him versus Deathstroke, which that Deathstroke is still one of the best. And then all I have to say is one word, and every Arrow fan that left the show or just familiar with the show will immediately roll their eyes and know exactly where I'm going. Felicity. That character... It's really unfortunate because... Like I really enjoyed your character. Me too. Up until up until season three, because they knew how to use her. They used her in good small doses, and her one of the main 
love interest, and focal points. I'm like, guys, have you read anything? It's Green Arrow and Black Canary. That's like a big relationship. And then you killed off the Black Canary in like the third season. And you way over relied on the Felicity thing. It's like they read Twitter and Tumblr fans post and were like, oh, they like Felicity. If we have more of that, then there'll be more fans. It got too CWE, and that's the problem with a lot of CW shows. It gets too soap opera drama e. Of my number one complaint about almost all CW shows, um, Green Arrow, especially Flash, but we'll get there in a little bit, is the reason the early seasons work and the later seasons don't for me is they introduce too many people, and it takes away the spotlight away from your main character especially in Arrow and Flash, of it's supposed to be So why is it that he has to fight for screen time on his own show? Of They introduced so many other superheroes, which is fine if you know how to balance it. But after a certain point on both of those shows, Arrow and Flash, they weren't the main character anymore. And I officially tapped out on Flash. They had the main one of the love interests on the show go, Barry, you're not the Flash. Where the Flash? The Flash is not a team. The Flash is a person. There are other Flash people like Jake Garrick, who is actually one of the bright spots on that show. But Jake Garrick, Wally West, there are other people that are Flash. The Flash is not a team, though. A team unit called Team Flash with matching shirts or hats or whatever of like, buy our merch. It's a single person. And having him be a part of the team kind of takes away what makes them special. They did it with Arrow. They did it with Flash. Also, I still have never gotten over the fact that they never did the Arrow goatee. Because Stephen Mills like, I don't want the stupid. And don't tell me, oh, but they did it in one of the specials. I'm like, that doesn't count. Also, even though I hate Arrow, they completely did that show dirty by having, spoiler alert, Stephen Mills, Oliver Queen, die on someone else's show during the Crisis special. Yeah. Well, and so here's the thing, dude. I don't like Stephen Amell as Oliver Queen. I don't no. like his version. I don't like this version of Arrow because to me, Arrow needs to have jokes. And what is and what is this Arrow guy do? Not joke. He tries too much to be Batman. He's like, yeah, that that's been my biggest issue with it. Is it's like, oh, let's make, uh, let's make him into Batman. That sounds like a great idea. And it doesn't work for me. It part of the fun was having him be Robin Hood esque of like Joe, the, all the quips and just like he's having fun fighting crime because he knows what it's he's supposed to do. Is he serious about it? Yes, but he's not going. To, he's not like oh, he, it's this isn't some nineties uh, angst superhero film like that's Dawson's not Creek. What the, it i hate uh i cannot tell you how much i dislike arrow the thing is with green arrow as a character is if you look on paper you'll be like oh arrow's just a discount batman in terms of characteristics but in terms of overall personality they are so completely different of in today's political climate Green Arrow would work really well because he's one of the most outspoken, politically-minded characters ever. Um, in the world of DC, at least. And so, 
trying to make him Batman, at least in personality of the dark brooding character, it just doesn't work. And a lot of CW shows, but it all starts with Arrow, starts off so strong and then just becomes soap opera because it that seems to be their tried and true trope of CW. We have to appeal to the teen love interest demographic. Like Arrow starts so strong. Season two, I'll still say is one of the best seasons ever because Deathstroke was great. And even the first two seasons of uh, the flash, which when they introduced the flash on Arrow, I got so excited just because they did that perfectly of Barry being a um, forensics scientist, which they totally gave up on that for some reason and made him just work yep. at star labs um it's just it didn't really work and i will say the early arrow suits i've never completely hated the suits but i think they've been done better by other places the flash suits i don't care all of them have sucked all the flash suits are terrible yep yeah. Whether it's and the mouth is too I, wide I, I or the eyes are too wide, I have never been able to pinpoint it, but I think they're all terrible. The, the And for me, it's more like I know he's doing probably the best he can with what he's been given, but I don't like Grant as as Barry. I just don't. Uh, I think it would fit I better. I don't like the CW shows. I think it would fit better as like a Spider-Man than a Flash. I mean, I wouldn't fight you on that idea. Yeah, so unfortunately, due to the later seasons, I would probably have to say Arrow and Flash will go on the worst. However, oh, I agree. In the little bit that I've seen of it, there is one CW show that, from everything I've seen and from everything I've heard, has remained in the best category. Not Legends of Tomorrow, but it's the one I feel like too many people sleep on Black Lightning. See, and I've heard that as well. I've heard Black Lightning is very good, but I just I, it, I you know, after Flash and uh, Arrow and Supergirl, I was kind of like, eh, I don't trust CW. Which actually, quick thing about Supergirl. Supergirl is not for us. We are not the target demographic for Supergirl. That's totally fine. I will say though, I feel like whoever does the costuming for Supergirl cannot be the same person that does the Flash one because I like the Supergirl suit. Yeah, she's got a great suit. I actually like the Superman suit, even though he looks like a twig. He does not look nearly jacked enough to be Superman. But Oh, I agree. But at the same time, the suit is perfect. Like, it's different and unique and still made for television, but I don't mind that suit. Not that bad. So, we'll get back to some positives. I think Black Lightning is definitely one of the best ones. I, we can't say Supergirl. I'm tempted to put best for its demographic. I can see, I can say that, yeah. My big complaint, though, about Supergirl more than any other is one, but it's not for me. So that's not really a complaint. I just know what it is. My big complaint is you disrespect Superman so much on that show. Like, you job him out and be like, oh no, Supergirl, you're better than me. I'm like, excuse me? In what world? Yeah. Is Supergirl better than Superman? Uh, the show version. (laughs) It's like, just no. You don't job out Superman. That's just a no-no. That just, that's bad. You don't do that. It just, it, it doesn't make sense. Because especially when you're like, hey, like Superman is the 
is the guy and that's your cousin. You have to live up to the, live up to him. But then you're going to job him out constantly. And it's like, OK, well, that kind of takes away some of the the um, some of the pressure. Yeah. And similar to Supergirl, I don't know about you, but I can't really speak for Stargirl because I'm not the demographic for that. So I would probably say it's best for its demographic, but I don't know. I haven't seen it because I, I know not I it. haven't seen I literally found out about Stargirl while doing going through this list. I didn't know that that was a thing. Although, before we completely leave CW, we have another contender for worst of all time. Not just on screen, oh, yeah? but off. Batwoman! Oh, Lord have mercy. I forget about this show all the time. I think a lot of people do. I don't think the viewership for it is particularly good. It's... I, I Yeah. It, it lost it, a lot of its viewers, from what I understand. But maybe I'm wrong on that. I don't keep up with it week to week of, these are the ratings, unlike WWE fans might. Um, it, the problem is, bat, a lot of Batwoman just seems to be this like toxic... If you love it, you have to defend it with every fiber of your being. If you don't like it, how dare you? It's wonderful. And if you don't like it, you're sexist. It's the it's the Ghostbusters 2016 thing. It's just like, no, I don't like Batwoman because I don't think it's written particularly well. And I don't think the main lead is particularly interesting. It had nothing to do with Ruby Rose, who I really enjoy as an actress. I thought she kicked all kinds of butt in John Wick 2. She's one of the best things about that movie. So I was excited for Batwoman, and then I watched the first couple, I'm like, I don't think this show knows what it wants to be. And yeah, it, it has the same problems as Supergirl of, it spits on the legacy of the characters that came before it, like Supergirl doesn't really care about Superman, and Batwoman doesn't really care about Batman, but it's actually worse than Supergirl of just, hey, I'm gonna just steal Batman's stuff and more or less be exactly just batman except as a woman so maybe with this new actress that they got they'll get back on course but i'm not sure i just batwoman has never been for me and it's just been awful the bits that i've seen i'm just going wow this is very much like a some border director was just like okay we need to do this this and this to appease this demographic of people um and go it, it's not particularly written well. It, I just don't care. It's not good. So you want to talk about things we do care about now? <laughs> are you gonna, Are you trying to transition us to Doom Patrol? Uh, I'm trying to transition us to Doom Patrol, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Has season two started? Um, I don't know. I know I saw a teaser for it recently but i don't know if it's started yet i still need to finish season one i'm so mad at myself come on son i know okay so for those who don't know um nathan can you explain to us what's uh what doom patrol is doom patrol is the money ball of dc of an island of misfit toys of superheroes basically of no one else wanted you so here we're gonna make a show about a whole bunch of our D-listers, and it's wonderful. So, you've got an ex-race car driver, played by Brendan Fraser, who is wonderful. 
you have yeah, a woman named Crazy Jane, uh, named Crazy Jane, who has like what a thousand personalities, all with different powers and yeah, abilities. Like um, you've got is it? It's not Invisible Man. Who is Matt Bomer's character that looks like the Invisible Man? He's. I don't know how to describe him. He does things. He he basically has like a a supernova person living inside of him. And you've got Timothy Dalton playing their kind of leader, the chief. Um, you've got Cyborg. And there are more or less just, just gigantic, dysfunctional family of superheroes. And it's wonderful. It's, and it's crazy how much I love Brendan in this show. I know he's not, always, he's not in the suit. But holy crap, it's, like, I love his character it is so good um the cyborg suit could use some work uh but as a whole (laughs) doom patrol is one of those shows that like came out of nowhere because i remember when dc universe launched they were advertising the crap out of titans which we'll talk about later which started off as their flagship show of sign up for dc universe so you can have titans and young justice outsiders when that comes out Titans was there at launch, and they really revolved a lot of their marketing around Titans. So when Doom Patrol came out, that kind of felt like the sleeper hit. Now it kind of feels like the opposite of Doom Patrol is like a massive success, and that's the one that has been transitioned to HBO Max, Harley Quinn, which also is outstanding, but that's animated. Um, oh, dude. It's so good. But uh, Doom Patrol just came out of nowhere to the point that I didn't see the first couple episodes for a while, and then I finally got on and I was like, this is wonderful. This is so good. Like, how have I not given this a chance sooner? Which was the same thing that happened to me with Harley Quinn, actually. Um, yeah, I think um, I was the one that saw Doom Patrol and Harley Quinn first, which is never yes. happened. Yeah, you told me to watch it, and I went back and was like, okay, yeah, this is really good. Um, maybe because Doom Patrol, I was, I've been familiar with them, but they've, I've never really cared about them because yeah. they showed up in the um, Teen Titans show from like 2003. Um because mm-hmm. that's where Beast Boy is supposed to come from. And then Titans, he kind of does, but he's only in for one episode just so they can spin off the Doom Patrol to do other stuff. And I'm still waiting for Cyborg to make the ch- transition from Doom Patrol to Titans, but maybe he should stick with Doom Patrol, but we'll, we'll get there in a little um, Yeah. But so I have a question for you because uh, this is, we've now had two live action versions of Cyborg. Given uh, uh, the one in, in Justice League and now this one in Doom Patrol, do you have a preference? I'll be honest, I cannot answer that yet because we know that Ray Fisher Cyborg stuff, a lot of that got cut out of Justice League. So I feel like mm. we didn't see the actual realized version of Justice League because Zack Snyder has said multiple times that cyborg was key to his justice league so i'll come back to that question after we've seen Zack snyder's justice league and kind of know what was originally planned for cyborg fair because i feel like there's a lot of cyborg there but we just didn't see it because more than anybody i feel like ray fisher was totally phoning it in and i don't blame him because how would you feel if you had like 100 pages of dialogue and it got cut down to like 20 pages yeah, that's fair. Um, I do like what they're doing with Cyborg in Bo- Doom Patrol, though. Um, 
to the point of he's light. He try once things <clears throat> happen, he tries to help lead the team in in any sort of direction. <laughs> um, but it, it, and I, I really like him in that role. Um, I think you know what's crazy is what it, I want to say. Not bad blood. Um, before that, um, no bad blood has maybe um, just, has Lucius Fox's just, son. Yeah, but no, no, no. I'm saying trying to think of which one it was, which movie it was. It was like the the one where Damien actually starts to really shine. I think it was a Justice League movie, but Justice um, League versus Teen Titans. It was, maybe I don't remember, but it put. It put Cyborg kind of in more of a leadership role when when it came to the Justice League, and I really, really, really liked it. And the more and more I see it, the more of a strong character I can see Cyborg, and the more and more I'm okay, okay with him not being a part of the Titans uh, down the line. But obviously, I would love for it to, for Cyborg and Beast Boy to do their thing eventually, but. Um, I really, really like what Doom Patrol is doing. It, it, is it a show that you can watch with your kids? Absolutely oh, no. not. Oh, Absolutely no. not. This is by far one of the most adult DC, DC shows ever, both in content and in language. Oh, yeah. It's up there, too, but that one started on HBO Max. Uh, Titans also gets pretty intense, but before we talk about Titans, I want to talk just you mentioned cyborg which cyborg's my favorite i gave him crap for his terrible suit in smallville but the actor that played cyborg on smallville wasn't his best role he'll always be one of my favorites and i hope he rest in peace because he passed away a few years ago will always be one of my favorites because he played famous jet jackson which is still the most criminally underrated disney show ever and anytime i can shout out famous jet jackson i will Disney Plus, own it and put it on Disney Plus, please, along with the famous Chit Jackson movie. That's my that's yeah. my soapbox for the day. Um, are you ready to talk about Titans? Let's bring it on, man. Bring it on. Because Titans is another one of those, like, I'm so conflicted. Of, do I put it on or do I put it on the worst? Because... It's so weird of like, even within an episode itself, there could be some of the best stuff I've ever seen and some of the worst stuff I've ever seen. Like, have you seen season two? I have not. Do you um, care if you hear anything? Uh, you've told me bits and pieces. Uh, I know this that a certain suit comes around. Well, I mean, besides that, do you care? Do you want spoilers or do you want to go and clean? Oh yeah, yeah. Bring it, bring it on. I don't, I don't really care. Okay, this so this point. is your I spoiler mean, alert for Titan it, it, season it, two, if you care. Um, so yeah, like, it, it's been a been a year or so. I, I I threw myself out of not having spoilers. So, like, Titans to me is so complicated because in one episode, like the season two finale, you'll get a fantastic, awesome moment of Dick Grayson finally becoming Nightwing, something that actually should have happened at the end of season one and was actually filmed at the one but they thought they would lose dc universe subscribers so they stretched it out over a whole season of season two it's something that should have happened a lot sooner but they honestly dragged the crap out of that but when it finally happens and he comes out in the nightwing suit 
It's awesome, and it feels earned, and his fight with Deathstroke is actually a really good fight. We finally get to see the Scrimma 6 in action. A good fight. And then the rest of the episode goes completely downhill because they kill off Deathstroke for some reason, and then um, Cadmus, who was only introduced as the villain for the last two or three episodes, becomes the main villain for the second half of that episode, and going, wait, Deathstroke was the main villain for this entire and trying to disband the team from inside kind of like the Judas contract, and then you kill him off only for some other villain to be the main villain at the end of this finale. And then you, another big spoiler alert, you kill off Connor Leslie's um, Wonder Girl by electrocuting her? I didn't think Amazonians were susceptible to that, but uh, okay, sure. You felt like you had to kill <laughs> off somebody, but sure. So like, there's stuff in Titans that's good. But then there's a whole bunch of stuff that's bad. Like, I like season one a lot. Season two, I'm like, okay, this has to be the season where he introduces Nightwing. I've complained at length that they completely just draw it out and they purposely look for reasons for him not to be Nightwing in the show just to drag things out. And for most of season two, events just seem to happen, but there is no, like, no events building on top of to lead to somewhere. They're just events that happen and we're getting dangerously close in titans to the cw issues of having too many characters just to be there like i like hawk and dove they serve no more purpose in this story they just need to leave i like them but we need to make room for actual titans we have superboy and beast boy now who barely got any screen time in season two but when it hits it really hits there's a scene where Nightwing has, like, not Nightwing yet, but Dick has, like, some dream in his head because he's been thrown in prison for punching a cop at an airport. That's a whole other stupid argument. And, yeah, I, I have to put Titans on worst the more I think about it just because the consistency is just not there of... It never yeah. feels like a Titan show. So, I that in season one dick grayson is introduced before anything else as a cop and then he's left robin behind a while ago and he's trying to make his way as a cop that's a that's something that happens um and so raven brings him back in still being called rachel for some reason uh so i figured we get raven it's two seasons now we still really don't have a and we still don't really have a true starfire we still don't really have a true beast boy we only just now have a nightwing but the continuity from season one to season two is so baffling. Of like season one, Dick Grayson is a cop for the first couple of episodes and then just completely ditches that. And it's never brought up again. So when he gets thrown in Ever. jail in season two, immediately going, oh crap, he's probably in jail with some people that he helped put there. Nope, never mentioned that he was a cop. Puts himself into prison for no real reason. But besides that, like, when the storytelling is good, it's really good. It just is very rarely ever there. But there's one thing that I will give Titans over any of the CW shows. Holy crap, that costuming. Yeah, they're all pretty spot on. Like, I can't think of any truly awful ones. Like, Starfire in the first kind of looks like a prostitute for some reason. It's kind of weird. Um, but... Holy crap, that season one Robin suit. I remember when that first picture dropped going, 
Holy crap, that's Robin. That's how you do Robin on the big screen. And then the Nightwing suit. I'm a big fan of that Nightwing suit. I think it looks Superboy. Not really hard to mess that one up. You just give him a black t-shirt and jeans. Um, but Hawk and Dove look awesome. Wonder Girl looks amazing. Even Aqualad in the flashback scenes looks great. The costuming is fantastic. Deathstroke looks outstanding. So Titans, I feel like if they get back on track, maybe. But also, I figured at some point they would justify the dark tone. And they never really have. Like, I know a lot of people made a big deal about that opening um, trailer that we got where Robin says, F Batman. And that actually does kind of pay off in season two. Um, down the line in helping him transform into Nightwing. But as a whole, the Titans aren't meant to be dark characters. Like, nah. we've talked about Teen Titans Go and how we don't like it, but that's because we're not the target demographic for that. It's kind of similar to that, but at its core, Titans Go, I think, understands the characters better than Titans, the live-action show. Because... Well, I mean, even... Yeah, because even, like, when Teen Titans goes to the movies, it's it knows its universe so well, whereas Titanfield is borrowing characters at times. It's not using characters in it in, to their full extent it's just kind of like well we want we know it's a titan's show so we know beast boy is there but he can only turn into a tiger and that's it so yeah it's, um two seasons later even at the end of the season two he's still only turning into a tiger and it's only like every fourth episode or so and for some reason he's still just regular person like Shouldn't Beast Boy be green even when he's out of the suit? You'd like that, wouldn't you? But, but then, like, yeah, the, but then he doesn't think look like, like hair a white is green, boy, but that's about it. Like, maybe you don't have the budget. Like, oh my goodness, did they not have the budget when they did um, Trigon at the end of season one? Oh my god. Oh my goodness. That was. Oh. He looked like a centaur from Narnia. And that's Except, not. That's not a compliment. <laughs> no, Trigon in Titans was like eight feet tall, maybe. In which yeah. case, like, even if you go to the animated Teen Titans from like the early 2000s, Trigon is literally the Lord of the Underworld. He is stories tall and is one of the most powerful beings in the universe. And Raven in the show makes him disappear in like 30 seconds. Yeah. It it's yeah like i want to like titans and i think i'll probably still stick with it for better or for worse just because that's it's not me because of the nightwing thing and it's the only live action nightwing and maybe it's the optimist me going maybe it'll get better now that he's nightwing because nightwing is the leader of the teen titans maybe he's the story is he's going to lead them in a more optimistic direction and they've said that season three will be more optimistic They've heard the criticisms, so maybe that'll happen, but one of the show producers is still the people that do CW, so I'm hoping... I was excited for Titans because it was different than CW. Of It didn't try to be for the melodrama, and then it still gets bogged down in that. And it's... I want to put it in the best. I really... I feel like there's certain parts of it that are outstanding. It just... It doesn't outweigh how much negative there is. It's the exact opposite of Gotham, where... 
there's more positive and negative for me. There's more negative than positive here, unfortunately. Yeah, I would agree with that, unfortunately. Now, just because to the future of the DC live-action shows, we've got, like, the Superman and Lois show. We've got a Justice League Dark series. We've got a supposedly Green Lantern series. Of those, what do you think has the biggest potential to be good? And what do you think has the biggest potential to be bad? Uh, Justice League Dark, I think, has a potential to be good. Um, the Gotham show, the police show, oh, I yeah. think has a lot of potential, but I feel like it's going to fall short. Um, Green Arrow and the Canaries is going to be boring. Oh, yeah. Um, I keep forgetting that's going to happen. Yeah. I, uh, Green Lantern is going to – I don't want it to fall flat, but I feel like it is. Um, yeah. I don't know, dude. Um, I say really Superman and Lois. Way. I will watch it and I'll give it a shot, but I do not have high expectations for Superman and Lois. Yeah. I think that one won't end no. well. I think Green Lantern has the best chance of being good. That or Justice League Dark. Yeah, those are the those are the two that I think they have the best chance. Um, but we'll see. Well, what do you guys think? What are some of your favorite and least favorite DC sh- uh, live action of all time? Let us know in the comments below. We always like hearing from you guys. And as always, if you like what you hear and you want to hear more, subscribe to us whatever audio platform you're listening to us on. Whether that's iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or YouTube. If you haven't already, subscribe to us on YouTube at Uncharted Media. And as always, stay sharp, movie guys and gals.